on Business Brief, we'll take a look at a new event in St. Louis aimed at elevating the city's technology industry. Then we'll hear from the founders of a Kansas City startup on how to develop a minimum viable product. Welcome to Business Brief, Missouri Business Alert's podcast focused on the business news and issues shaping the state. My name is Siggy Reese, and I am joined by my co-host, Teddy Mayorka. Teddy, how are you doing this week? Siggy, I am doing well. We've had a week full of business news. There's no better place to be than right here on Business Brief. I'm um, excited for the show we got today. How are you doing this week? You know, it's really nice to be here uh, in the studio this week. Obviously, there's been so much business news happening, but there's also been a lot of fluctuating weather. So as we record this, it looks like it's going to rain outside. So I'm very happy to be uh, indoors. Yes, absolutely. Away from the ominous skies and ready to get into this week's headlines. Yeah, let's do it. Columbia-based construction technology company Equipment Share announced the completion of a $290 million funding round on Wednesday. Private equity firm BDT Capital Partners led the funding round. Equipment Share plans to use the funds to expand its technology, which allows for the rental of underutilized heavy equipment and the tracking of construction projects. Equipment Share announced late last year that it planned to expand its Columbia headquarters and add 500 jobs. Missouri Senate committee removed anti-diversity, equity, and inclusion language from multiple House budget bills this week. Additionally, the committee restored $4.5 million in state aid for public libraries that was previously removed. Governor Mike Parson's administration, as well as multiple state departments, had previously voiced concerns about the impact of a potential ban on state spending on diversity initiatives. The bills will be debated in the Senate next week. Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City announced plans to sue State Attorney General Andrew Bailey for overreach in his investigation of gender-affirming care. This makes Children's Mercy the second health care provider in Missouri to file a lawsuit against Bailey, following a similar suit by Planned Parenthood in St. Louis. The lawsuit asks the judge to dismiss a letter from Bailey demanding records regarding instances of gender-affirming care. Burns and McDowell announced its new chief executive officer, Leslie Duke, on Wednesday. Duke will make history as the Kansas City-based engineering firm's first woman CEO. Duke has been with the firm since 1999 and will relocate to Kansas City to fill the role. Business Brief will continue after this short advertisement. Hi, this is Fred Perry, host of the CEO Roundtable. Join Mid-Missouri's most successful businesses on Wednesday, May 3rd, as we gather for the Show Me LeaderCast event, in Columbia at Woodcrest Auditorium. This annual tradition brings together the world's leading authorities on leadership for a simulcast event with lots of local fun, education, and entertainment. This year, we'll hear from Dr. Andy Stanley, Dr. Henry Cloud, plus six other great speakers. General admission and group ticket pricing is now available at showmeleadercast.com. Hey, Teddy, do you know what's coming up next week? Ooh, more trivia. Uh, National Pigs in a Blanket Day? Yeah, so that's one thing that's coming up. Uh, But before that, next week is the debut of St. Louis Tech Week. Okay, much more businessy. Tell me about St. Louis Tech Week. It's a new event that aims to serve as a catalyst for the St. Louis technology scene and get more people engaged with the city's tech community. So what all does the week entail? Well, there are more than 30 free events all across the city, hosted by various companies, schools, and business organizations. Missouri Business Alert reporter Thomas Gleason spoke with Emily Hemingway, one of the event's organizers, to learn more about it. 
So what is Tech STL and what does it do in St. Louis and in Missouri? So Tech STL is is the newly established Tech Council here in St. Louis, which means we are we're a membership based organization. We've got just under 400 members and our job is to build a healthier, more diverse talent pipeline and tech ecosystem for the St. Louis region. Uh, what were some of the factors that you noticed or that the pandemic kind of brought to light that kind of drove you to start Tech Week 2023? What we saw out of the pandemic was that innovation is now an important conversation to have in every corner of the community, that it suddenly was critical to look at our, our broadband and connectivity issues in the schools and in our homes and on the streets. And that if people didn't have the ability to get online, that would hinder their chance to go to school, to get a job, to stay working, um, to survive through that process. And so, you know, the pandemic really showed us that the data economy, internet connectivity is now a universal topic. And that to really grow strong and healthy communities, we have to have that conversation in every room across our region. I see. And, and you talk a lot about accessibility and, and giving a wide range of people the option to, to come and do this. Um, did that play a role at, at all in, in influencing you to make this a free event as opposed to charging people to come? Absolutely. So that was our number one priority with Tech Week is we wanted to make this the kind of event that anyone who would benefit from being in the room would have the ability to do so right, that we have 30 events hosted all over the region in every corner um, and that everything is free and open to the public. And so we really wanted to make sure that Tech Week represented opportunity and that everyone knew that they they were welcome in this space, that we really did our best to to not only cover a lot of topics, but to to make sure that that the events were as accessible as possible. And what was that conversation like when you approached the many organizations that are involved in this? When we first started having conversations with our partners, you know, luckily we had a number of really big partners who were already just bought into the vision of Tech STL and they supported, they supported the idea, even though it was hard to really wrap their heads around what this could be. Um, as Tech Week continued to grow and expand and we were able to start releasing the, the agenda and the events and people started seeing like, oh my gosh, this is actually becoming a really big thing. Um, we started getting a lot more interest in the community. So I really see this as, this is a demonstration of the fact that the St. Louis community is really ready for things to take off um, in this space. If I can ask you, if you had like 30 seconds or an elevator pitch to someone, uh, anyone in Missouri, um, and, and you were going to try and pitch them to come, what would you say? So I'd say that uh, St. Louis Tech Week is a group of free, uh, 30 free events hosted all across St. Louis, and it's showcasing the best that St. Louis has to offer in emerging technology and the data economy. That we're at 26 different venues, everything is open to the public, and we are expecting over 5,000 people to come out. So it's going to be high energy, high impact, and definitely something that'll make you think twice about the St. Louis tech scene. What is the goal of, of STL Tech Week 2023? So the biggest goal of Tech Week is to really activate the St. Louis tech ecosystem. The pandemic, in essence, flatlined the startup ecosystem and the innovation community, that everyone went home, that they stopped going to events, they stopped participating in programs. 
uh, everything now seems optional now. And so what we're really having to figure out, it's it's challenging as an organization that that we have to build community. We have to build this culture of innovation. And that requires events. That requires figuring out how to host the things that people want to go to. And frankly, right now, we're all a lot pickier around where we spend our time and how we how we exert our energy. We don't want to run the rat race anymore. Life is different. And so we really looked at how do we use Tech Week as an opportunity to activate and re-energize the St. Louis community so that we can show not only the world that great things happen here in St. Louis, but that we're also reminding the people of St. Louis that this is a community of innovation and disruption, and we're in the midst of this massive resurgence. Our next segment is all about MVPs. Wait, did you book Patrick Mahomes to be on the podcast? Not that kind of MVP, although for the record, we'd take him if he was ever available. This, though, is the type of MVP that matters to businesses, a minimum viable product. Ah, gotcha. So what does an MVP mean for business owners? Well, business owners use MVPs to get their businesses off the ground and get feedback on their products to see if there's a demand. Co-founders Triumphia Humbi folks and Cedric Hibbler have been growing their startup Code Algo Academy in Kansas City. The startup is focused on teaching students how to code, and they've created multiple MVPs to help develop their training. That's really cool. How did they develop their training? Missouri Business Alert reporter Emily Hood spoke with the co-founders about how they've developed their MVP ahead of their product launch in a few months. Here's part of that conversation. Triumphia and Cedric, thank you so much for being here. We're excited to have you. Thanks for having us. My pleasure. I want to talk about those initial steps to getting the training product off the ground. And since you both have a background in tech, how has that impacted the way that you've approached developing this training program? And Triumphia, we'll start with you here with this question. Yeah. Um, so as you mentioned, uh, it is the, the beauty and the curse at the same time. I think uh, being from a tech background, the first thing you want to do is just build it. That's the wrong thing. Don't do not do that. But um, coming from a tech background and tech mentality, that was the first thing that came to mind is, oh my God, this is the idea. Let's go do it. But there are a lot more steps that you need to take to before you can actually build the product. And by the time you know it, building the product is actually like a very small part of the entire big puzzle. Um, so that was the first thing we did. So we learned that a hard way and we had to take some steps back and understand the research that it takes to be able to understand the problem that we're actually solving and making sure that what we're producing, what we're going to produce is indeed what the market needs and wants. Cedric, I know when entrepreneurs are getting their business off the ground, uh, the term MVP or minimum viable product is thrown around a lot. Can you tell our audience what a minimum viable product means? Yeah, the minimal minimal viable product is essentially what is that thing that you need to um, to show to someone else and explain your idea in a way that solves a problem. It may not be the full solution, but if you're able to art, you know, demo and say this is what your world will look like if you had my solution, um, the person that's seeing your demo should be able to feel or see benefits of using it, even if it is lacking on a lot of the cool bells and whistles. Um, I 
I think as long as you're able to articulate that as it relates to a real problem, you have an MVP. And sometimes you can build those without any code. Um, some of them you need more technical to get there understood. But um, in talking to people that are starting businesses lately, I realized that many want to create a full product before um, before just getting the idea out there and testing that idea. Um, and I think that that's, it's more costly to do it that way. It's, it can still work, but if you are working on a budget, I think you can totally get away with um, the minimal part of that. Like what what are the basic functions that you need to solve your problem? As part of that product development process, too, when we talked last, um, you mentioned that it was a lot of building your product and then testing and getting feedback and building your product and testing and getting feedback. Um, so, Triumph, can you tell us a bit about how the product has has changed from its early days and and how you use that process to really guide you in developing the product? Oh, yeah, it helped tremendously. So when we first started, we had this sketch of this is what we think it's going to look like. And um, like we have some basic elements that we didn't catch at first, but going to the school immediately, we had students like, OK, how can I do this and how can I do that? We're like, this is great. This is why we are here. So we started taking notes for all of those things to be able to re, uh, reshape the very beginning stage of Code Algo. And we learned really quickly there that we can't just go and build blindly um, despite having all the research that we have. So one thing that's been helpful for us is when we build or we add in a pretty big functionality, we go to the students and have them test it and provide us with feedbacks. And we continue iterating over and over and over to where we are today. Triumphant Cedric, thank you so much for joining us and thank you so much for your great insights. Thanks for inviting us. Absolutely, our pleasure. You can watch the full interview with the Code Algo Academy founders on MissouriBusinessAlert.com. It is now time for us to get into our words of the week. Teddy, what's your word this week? Siggy, this week my word is beer. Okay, so this is surprisingly not the first time we've discussed beer on this podcast. Why is it in the news right now? Well, as we are in Missouri, I'm talking specifically about Anheuser-Busch beers. The St. Louis brewery has encountered controversy lately for teaming up with transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney to promote Bud Light. Conservative commentators and opponents of transgender rights took to social media to show their negative feelings. Anheuser-Busch's stock has fallen nearly 4% since the partnership went live. Okay, and how has the company since responded? Well, CEO Brendan Whitworth issued a statement last week arguing the company's products are meant to bring people together rather than divide them. However, the statement did not specifically mention Anheuser-Busch's partnership with Mulvaney, nor did it advocate in support of the transgender community. And this controversy is relevant given state politics, correct? Correct. The anti-trans sentiment seen in the negative reactions to the Bud Light campaign coincides with Missouri lawmakers advocating for increased restrictions for transgender people. That's all I've got this week. What's your word, Ziggy? My word this week is tax refunds. Just in time for tax day earlier this week. So why are we talking about tax refunds? Well, it looks like your tax refund could be smaller than usual this year. According to the Associated Press, taxpayers who had their returns processed as of April 7th received refunds that were, on average, nearly 10% lower than last year. Got it. 
So why is this happening? Well, taxpayers are receiving lower refunds partially due to pandemic relief programs expiring. Child tax credits are now dropping $1,600 from their pandemic levels. The child and dependent care credit is also dropping to a quarter of its old level. Those are definitely some big drops. And all this is happening at a time of high inflation. Right. So on top of refunds being smaller, they'll also be less valuable due to the effects of inflation. For a closing thought, here's Triumphia Humbi Folks again on taking the leap into entrepreneurship. I would just say just go out there and take the initial step. I know that's the, the scariest step for everyone to take, but um, it is also the most important step for you to take. Um, and by taking the first step, you are giving yourself a chance uh, to live the dream that you have. Well, that is all for this week. Thank you to the M33 Project for providing music for this episode. For my co-host, Teddy Mayorka, editors Emma Boyle, Elena Fu, Nick Knoll, Skylar Rossi, and Michael Stacy. I'm Siggy Reese, and this has been Business Brief. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. 